Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever and delighted you have chosen to spend some of your day with me here. Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests today, as always, on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. If you want to get a hold of me, the best way to do it, tweet at me. Just use hashtag, hashtag Greeny. I'll see him and we'll talk. That's one of many ways that we can chat and keep each other company this afternoon. Big Ten is on the one-yard line, but is it their own? We'll get there. Kirk Cousins sets Twitter on fire. I'll tell you what the real story is. And Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. We will talk plenty about him. But we're going to start, for the first time in my 24 years at ESPN, I'm going to start a show with a biblical verse. And the verse is, To whom much is given, much will be required. It's an expression I've always liked. It's from the Bible. And it is one that I had to look up to make sure I was doing it right. I've always thought it was, to whom much is given, much will be expected. It's not expected, it's required. And that's actually even better for the purposes of where I want to start today's show. Because that phrase applies to two people today. The first of them is James Harden. James Harden and the Rockets are facing a Game 7 tonight in the perfect storm of terrible circumstances. They trade Chris Paul to Oklahoma City for Russell Westbrook, and the conventional wisdom is Paul won't even report because the Thunder are, are punting, they're waving the white flag, they're, they're beginning the process of tanking or rebuilding or whatever you want, and Chris Paul at his age isn't going to want any part of that. And here's Westbrook teaming up with Harden on this great team with a chance to win a championship. That was the narrative. And now here we are. Game seven against the Thunder, against Chris Paul, being outplayed and on the verge of losing in a bubble with no home court advantage. Now, in my opinion, if you're going to make a list of reasons they lose this series, if they lose tonight, as of right now, James Harden isn't even at the top of it. Mike D'Antoni is going to get fired. He already has a job waiting for him in Indiana. Russell Westbrook missed most of the series and looks rusty as is to be expected. There are a lot of reasons why they may lose this series. But ultimately, it will be about Harden. Because to whom much is given, much will be required. James Harden is a superstar. He is, offensively speaking, he is one of the greatest players that ever lived. He is one of the best offensive basketball players in the history of the sport. He has done things offensively that no one has done. Since Wilt Chamberlain, we haven't seen an offensive player like this. But you know the history. You know Game 5 against Golden State in 2015. Harden, 2 of 11. You remember Game 6 against San Antonio in 2017. Harden, 10 points, 2 of 11, 7 turnovers. Two years ago when Houston had home court advantage against Golden State and had them dead to rights... Up 3-2 in that series. Games 6 and 7. Shot a combined 22 of 53 from the floor. 2 of 13 from 3 at home in Game 7. So that's Harden's postseason history. That's the reality. And that follows him and it stays with him and it is what stands between him and being talked about in the same breath as LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, and the other greats who have done it. Because basketball, more than any other sport, is about doing it when the lights are brightest, when it matters the most. And James Harden simply has not. 
It's not an opinion. It's an obvious statement of fact. And so this is not going to be about whether Harden is a great player. Harden is a great player. That's not debatable. But if James Harden doesn't find a way to win this game with his team tonight, for his team tonight, James Harden has to have one of those games we see in the regular season tonight. If he doesn't have that game, then this is going to be about him. Whether that is fair or reasonable or not is irrelevant. Because to whom much is given, much will be required. So tonight is about James Harden in that game seven, much more than it's about Dan Tony, about Daryl Morey, more than it's about Russell Westbrook or anybody else. That's the story tonight. The second player that I'm thinking of this morning when I cite that biblical sentence, to whom much is given, much will be required, is Giannis. Giannis is a great player. Giannis is trending towards being an immortal. He's that good. Giannis is a five-tool player in what is not generally a five-tool sport. And he was just named Defensive Player of the Year three days ago. My favorite moment on Get Up Today involved him and involved Big Perk, Kendrick Perkins. Because Giannis is being criticized for what he didn't do in Game 1 of Milwaukee's series against Miami. When Jimmy Butler was going off and scored 40. And after the game, Giannis was asked, did you consider switching over to him to guard him, to cover him, to shut down the guy who was beating you? And he seemed offended by the question. He was defensive about his defense. Big Perk on Get Up This Morning did not like that. Listen to what Kendrick Perkins said. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Listen, man, you are the defensive player of the year. You're the, you. you're the person that everyone talks about. Oh, record-breaking numbers on the defensive side. Giannis guards one through five. I haven't seen Giannis guard anybody. This has been his history all this season. When the best player gets going, I haven't seen uh, Giannis take on ownership. And for with me, Greeny, you can call me a, a basketball groupie because I played with nothing but greats. I played with nothing but greats. And I've been in the series with Kevin Garnett. Uh, we were facing LeBron James, and LeBron James got it going, and KG went in there and said, nah, Doc, nah, Tibbs, we ain't doing this. I'm guarding him. He was the defensive player that year. When you're the defensive player, when you're the star on your team, you take ownership. I love that story. I love that story from Kendrick Perkins today. To whom much is given, much will be required. Is it reasonable to expect Giannis to do everything on the offensive end and still shut down the other team's best player, even though you wouldn't think they normally would match up with each other? Is it reasonable to ask that? To whom much is given, much is required. It's reasonable if you want to be Giannis. If you want to be Giannis, if you want to be the Greek freak, if you want to be the biggest star in the sport, if you want to be the guy everyone talks about as the next great one, then you do that. I remember LeBron James guarding Derrick Rose in a playoff series. When LeBron gets to Miami and the Bulls were really good and Rose is the MVP of the league. And when those games were being decided in that series, LeBron James was guarding Derrick Rose. It's not a natural matchup. But LeBron James said, I got that guy. And he shut down Derrick Rose. And that's what Giannis is expected to do against Jimmy Butler. And as Big Perk went on to say, I guarantee you that if Giannis is going off, Jimmy Butler is telling his coach, Eric Spolstra, I'll stop him. I don't care what you think. I'm guarding that guy. And that's what's expected of these guys at this time of year. 
So are these reasonable expectations? That's it's not really part of the conversation. I'm greeting and presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. I'll tell you a story about that. I was covering a playoff series in 1994. Bulls-Knicks. It was the year that Michael Jordan wasn't there. Michael was playing baseball. And Scottie Pippen had, I thought, an MVP season. Led the Bulls to a huge year. There they were, second round of the playoffs against their arch-rival Knicks. And that's a series that has, is remembered for a lot of different things. The Bulls could have and probably should have won that series. They got a terrible call at one point in that series by, by a referee named Hugh Hollins. But that's not the point of this story. The point of this story is that Scottie Pippen was being asked to carry that load offensively for that team and guard all the Knicks' best players. John Starks, whoever it was that was hot for the Knicks, it became Pippen's job to shut him down. And I remember I asked Phil Jackson, I was a reporter in Chicago, and I asked Phil Jackson, is that fair? Is it fair to ask Scotty to do everything he's doing on the offensive end and still take their best player? And I will never forget what Phil said to me. He looked down at me. Phil's about a foot taller than I am. He looked down and he said, that's his job. And he didn't say anything else. And that's the reality. You want to be hardened? Being James Harden's got to be great. There have to be countless great things about being James Harden. You have to win tonight's game. You want to be Giannis? You want to be the Greek freak? Who would you rather be than the Greek freak? You're expected to shut down the other team's best player. You want to be Scottie Pippen? You want to be a dream teamer and on the all-time 50 greatest players? You got to do it on both ends of the floor. That's your job. Lots more coming. NFL season kicks off next week. I've got division previews that start today. We'll get into that. We'll talk about Kirk Cousins, who set Twitter on fire. Paul Feinbaum is on the way, and I have a brand new feature called First Impressions that we will give a run to coming up shortly. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny back with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. A reminder, the NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio tonight. Game 7, CP3 and the Thunder. James Harden and the Rockets is presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 8.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. Because last night's game was also on ESPN Radio, I asked Bubba to out and get the play-by-play calls, the local ones from both the Denver Nuggets radio broadcasting team and the Utah Jazz broadcasting team. For those of you who didn't see it, I assume you've seen it by now. The finish was unbelievable. Donovan Mitchell turns it over. Back to go the other way. The Nuggets have an uncontested layup that they miss, and then Mike Conley misses a three at the end that would have won it. So, Bubba, here's what I want you to do. I want you to play either one of the calls. Play the Denver one or the Utah one. Don't tell me which one it's going to be, and we'll see if we can all guess. And here we go. Ingles looks in. Nuggets lead it by two. Now they get it to him in the backcourt. Guarded out there by Gary Harris. 10 on the shot clock. Donovan Mitchell spins on Harris. Gets to the dotted line. Lost the basketball. Loose ball down to Jamal Murray. Denver's got the numbers. Off to Craig. Layup no good. Rebound down to Gobert. You got to hurry. Two seconds left. Three-pointer Conley. Missed it at the hard. Let's bring on the L.A. 
Lake Clippers. Let's go, Nuggets Nation. Come on. <laughs> That's really good. That is, I really like those a lot. Okay. That Which one is that? I don't know. That would be the Nuggets one uh, there, uh, Bubba, is my best guess. Uh, well, there's the thrill of victory, Bubs. And then there's the agony of defeat. Let's hear the other side. Game clock's at 17. Inbound in the backcourt to Donovan. Harris retreats. Donovan comes across the logo with 14 seconds. Spins on Harris. Harris knocks it away. Turnover on Mitchell. Denver with the ball. Eight seconds left. Bounce pass to Craig. Layup, no. Rudy rebounds. Three seconds left. Out to Conley. Conley rises for the win. It swirled out. It swirled out. And Denver advances to the second round. Mike Conley for a three off a missed layup by Denver. And Utah had a chance to advance. And it swirls out on Mike Conley. It swirled out. That's the headline, I suppose, in the newspaper. That's a, that is a heartbreaking loss. That was a crazy finish. If that shot by Conley goes in, then we are going to be talking about the way Denver handled that possession and the layup and the fact that they went to the basket at all for, for a very long time. One way or another, good job getting the calls there. I like those. Cover all your bases with Straight Talk Wireless. Get the same networks as big carriers. Only pay up to 50% less. Get the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for just 45 bucks a month. Only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Okay, so here's what we're going to do now. We're going to try something brand new. And here's why. Because... We are going to make lemonade out of lemons. So one of the things that happens is in between the TV show in the morning and coming here to do this, I I drive uh, home. And so sometimes I don't get to hear all of the sound bites that Bubba and the crew have put together for me. And we thought to ourselves, well, that's a disadvantage, right? I should be able to hear them. And then we thought to ourselves, or let's make it an advantage. We're going to try a new feature called First Impressions. So I'm told there's a couple of very interesting sound bites that I will find fascinating. Bubba's going to play them. We're all going to hear them together for the first time. I will be hearing them for the first time as you, and you will get my very first impression of what is said. All right, Bubba, who, who is the first one going to be? All right, this first one will be Keyshawn Johnson. Okay, Keyshawn Russell, Johnson, KJZ, every morning here on ESPN Radio. Sorry, Bubba, hit it. Russell Wilson at four is the third quarterback in the, in the top four, basically. Right. He's, the third, he's the third quarterback out of the four that we talked about so far. I don't think he belongs there. Who does? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is right above Lamar Jackson. Hmm. So he's talking about the ESPN 100 list. For those of you who didn't see it, Aaron Rodgers, and I talked about it here yesterday with you, was ranked the 23rd best player on ESPN's list of the top 100 players. Russell Wilson was fourth. That's what Keyshawn is saying. The, the list, I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I, I know it because we talked about it a lot yesterday. The list was Patrick Mahomes, number one, Aaron Donald, number two, Lamar Jackson, three, Russell Wilson, four, Michael Thomas, five, Aaron Rodgers, 23. That's an interesting one. He's saying he would put Aaron Rodgers ahead of Russell Wilson. Here's my first impression. Historically, Aaron Rodgers is, I, I believe, above Russell Wilson. On the list of greatest quarterbacks ever, I put Aaron Rodgers above Russell Wilson. Now, I'm the one who just told you yesterday, Aaron Rodgers is going to go on a scorched earth tour of the entire NFL. He still has a lot left, and he, he remains great. But right now, I think you have to give Russell his due. 
I think right now Russell is the better player. I think Russell, right now in a season when Patrick Mahomes was hurt last year, Russell Wilson was the leading candidate for MVP a lot of the year. Then Lamar Jackson just left everybody in his dust, both literally and figuratively. But I would put Russell Wilson ahead. It's a good one. It's close. But I would put Russell Wilson ahead of Aaron Rodgers right now. I wouldn't bet on that not to flip this coming season, but that's where I would go. All right, Bubba, what's the next soundbite we have? Who is it? All right, this next one is uh, John Harbaugh, not Jim, John Harbaugh of the Ravens. All right, let's hear it. Free the Big Ten, you know. Free the Big Ten. Let's go. Let's go play some football. Let's get Michigan and Ohio State and all those great teams playing some football out there. Uh, Michigan had zero positive tests in August. They're doing a great job with their protocols, and those guys want to play. And, and for anybody that wants to opt out, they can. They can. Their families should have that choice, just like the Southeast Conference gave the players and families in the Southeast Conference that choice, and most of them, as you know, decided to play as a family. So I think the Big Ten players and families should have that same choice. So I'm on record. There you go. You got it. Free the Big Ten. Free the Big Ten. John Harbaugh, no secret. I mean, I assume you know this. His brother Jim is the head football coach at Michigan. The University of Michigan's president is an epidemiologist, And Michigan was one of 11 Big Ten schools to vote to postpone the season. The three that voted the other way were Ohio State, Iowa, and Nebraska. So the president of the University of Michigan, who again is an epidemiologist, voted against playing this fall. Jim Harbaugh, John's brother, clearly wants to play, and John wants them to play. Well, this is such a complicated issue. My first impression is I, I don't have a problem with John saying that because I know where he's coming from. I think he's obviously hearing this a lot from his brother. They're very close. And I don't have an issue with him saying it. You know what? I'm going to hold this thought over and bring it up with Paul. So Paul Feinbaum is going to join me next. We're going to talk at great length about this situation with the Big Ten. We'll see what Paul thinks of that, and we'll see what Paul thinks of John Harbaugh saying that. We will do all that and more in just a moment. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. I'm Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, on TV, on ESPN News. And joining me now on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line is one of my absolute favorites, when I want to talk about college football, I want to do it with Paul Feinbaum, who joins me here. You see him on SEC Network. You hear him on ESPN Radio with his radio show. And no one knows more about what's happening, particularly with the politics of college football, than Paul does. And speaking of politics, Paul, I'm on yesterday here when President Trump puts out his tweet about having had a conversation with the Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren and describing Big Ten football coming back as being on the one-yard line. And once again, Paul, I'll give you the third opportunity today to give the same reaction, which I found so amusing each of the first two times. Well, Grady, I, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the pundits, and I'll throw myself in there, all uh, all collectively said, "Which which one yard line are you talking about, Mr. President?" Because uh, it seems more likely that he was on the opposite side of the field, trying to go ninety nine <laughs> yards, Grady, than than one yard. Uh, and uh, listen, everyone has said the same. Uh, thing about you know bringing politics into this but but, but everything co- connected to COVID and, and sports is related to politics uh, you can't avoid it as much as we would like to and, and i don't really blame donald trump uh he's been attacked by his opponent joe biden for uh because of his his uh, stewardship of the white house and, and COVID uh, for seeing football canceled in the big T- in, in the big 10 but particularly the midwest you know that area and it's the most critical area into into getting uh 270 votes to, to win the Electoral College. So uh, he did what, what a smart politician w- would do. Uh, the, the better question is, wh- wh- why did Kevin Warren allow himself to get taken down this road? Because there's a little bit more to the story than the president. There's a public relations firm involved. There's some uh, coddling of particular people in the media, of giving uh, Kevin Warren better uh, better PR to make uh, maybe the transition to get football uh, underway. So there's a lot to unpack here. The bottom line is it didn't change a thing. Uh, the Big Ten is still not playing college football anytime soon. The pressure coming from a lot of different places, obviously nowhere more so than from the White House. But I wanted to play for you, Paul, in case you've not heard it. John Harbaugh, the brother of Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, and of course the Super Bowl winning coach of the, um, of the Baltimore Ravens, had this to say about the idea of them not playing in the Big Ten. Free the Big Ten, you know, free the Big Ten. Let's go. Let's go play some football. Let's get Michigan and Ohio State and all those great teams playing some football out there. Uh, Michigan had zero positive tests in August. They're doing a great job with their protocols, and those guys want to play. And, and for anybody that wants to opt out, they can. They can. It's a terrible situation, uh, Paul, if you think about it, because you hear him saying, free the Big Ten. I always think the very specific use of words is important. What is the opposite of free? So if you're saying the Big Ten needs to be freed, you are suggesting it is currently the opposite. Where do they go from here, Paul? I, I, I can't sit here and say they've done the wrong thing, but I think it is pretty evident that however it is they've handled it isn't working for them. Where do they go from here? Well, they, they need a path forward. Uh, and, and by the way, John is right. Uh, you know, Michigan and, and many other schools, not everyone, but they, they did the right thing. And what's interesting about the, the previous conversation about the president is that politics, I think, did play a role in the Big Ten shutting down. Uh, m- many of the states in the Big Ten are, are 
are controlled by Democratic governors, and there seemed to be uh, some evidence that they, they did not want football. And, and that's really the issue, Greeny. Is it the right thing to play college football this fall? I, I think that is to be determined, but, but I will say the Big Ten deciding on August 11th was the wrong decision. They did not give themselves every opportunity. This, this is week one of the college the normal week one of the college football season. They could have pushed it back to the fourth week, like the SEC and like and like others, and they chose not to. And by doing so, I don't think they ever did the calculus on how are we going to look. Uh, the, the situation in this country, and I, and I hate to get involved in this type of conversation, but I, I will say is better today than it was a month ago. It may, it may after Labor Day, it may fall apart again. We've, we've seen that a couple of times with Memorial Day and July 4th, but they didn't give themselves every available opportunity. And, and, the, and the worst case for them is in the state of Ohio, where you have the Bengals and the Browns playing. You have the University of Cincinnati playing. I talked to Luke Fickle last night on our show, and you know, they can't wait to get in front of their, you know, whatever fans they have and, 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 their, and their followers. But everyone's playing in Ohio, but the Ohio State University. And, and that, that part of it does not make any sense to the fan base. It may make sense for the epidemiologists, uh, the, the university presidents, even to rational people who think it's wrong. But, it, but fans don't understand that, and they're never going to in, until the Big Ten gives them the next step, which they have not done yet. Paul Feinbaum is with me on ESPN Radio. So the next step is to try and play some later time, perhaps as soon as Thanksgiving, perhaps not until January. And the great Heather Dinich, who was with the two of us this morning on TV, she's an exceptional reporter, and she has a terrific story on ESPN.com right now in which she describes a variety of possibilities, Paul. One of them is that this could be a season in which we have two Rose Bowls. The Rose Bowl, of course, has traditionally been the Big Ten champ against the Pac-10 champ, and now it's the Pac-12 champ. Neither one of those conferences are playing. Could we see a Rose Bowl game that is played and then another one subsequently played? Could we see a second college football playoff played? Meaning, could we have a championship game between Alabama and Clemson? And then four months later, could we have another between Ohio State and Oregon? These are the questions. Paul, to you, what are the answers? Well, I don't want to say that we're used to playing the Rose Bowl on January 1st, but we are, and we still will <laughs> if we get that far. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I was excited, as you were, and everyone watching the NBA last night in September. <laughs> we're usually training camp is about to start, not the, the, the NBA uh, playoffs. So I, I don't want to act like anything is normal in this year. But, Greeny, if the college football season goes off, and on January 11th, we have Alabama and Clemson in what's called the College Football Playoff Championship. Then whatever happens later, whether it's in April, May, Memorial Day, July 4th, it's not going to be the same. And it's going to be like holding up a participation trophy from our Little League days. Uh, and, uh, and, and we all remember that. You, you, there was a winner. There was a second place. And, and probably in the leagues you and I played, and they gave, they gave you a trophy for, uh, for showing up. Um, and, and that's just not going to work. It's not going to be viable. And even though that would be an interesting game between Ohio State and Oregon, uh, you, you won't have Justin Fields in the game. You won't have any of the other better players because by then they will be long gone. They will have gone to the NFL draft. If everyone in college football had decided to play in the spring, you may, although I don't think so, been able to convince or cajole Roger Goodell to put off the draft a few weeks. But he, he, he's not putting it off uh, for, for the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I, I can promise you that. I agree. And, and so I think that 
even if they do wind up playing something, it will be, as Nick Saban described it on my TV show, something like the JV. Paul Feinbaum, thank you, my friend. I have a feeling we'll talk tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Thank you. I can't wait, Green. Thank you for having me. That's Paul Feinbaum. Again, he, no one is better on this stuff than he is, and those are breaking moves with Paul Feinbaum. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. I feel the need to always finish these conversations at this point about the Big Ten and college football by saying, I don't know that they got it wrong. The timing of it might have been wrong. It might not. Time will tell if they got it wrong. And, and I suppose if the other conferences are able to play a full season and nothing terrible happens, and I know that there are concerns that those terrible things could come far further down the line, then clearly the Big Ten will have gotten it wrong. But I don't know that we'll know that by the end of this calendar year. I don't know when we'll be able to make a full assessment of it. The one thing I will continue to say is I believe they did what they believed was in the best interests of the largest number of people. I believe they did what they did because they genuinely were concerned and are concerned about the safety and health of the players and a lot of other people that are connected to the programs. I, I, will, I will never believe in the absence of some evidence that there were other reasons why they did it. They thought it was the right thing to do. Maybe it wasn't, but I, don't, I believe they were acting on based on what they thought was the right thing to do. As we continue next, a football player has set Twitter on fire. I'll tell you what I think the real story is right after this. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Anyway, let's get to Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. This is a story that I think has to be discussed, even though I hate talking about this. But Kirk Cousins has set off an extraordinary amount of reaction with his answer to a question on a podcast called 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. And I would like to play you the audio, but we don't have permission to air it. And so in the, um, in the podcast with Kyle Brandt, Kirk Cousins, the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, is asked his level of concern over contracting the coronavirus. And he's asked about his thoughts on masks. And he says, I'm not going to call anybody stupid for the trouble it would get me in but I'm at about a zero 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 point zero 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 one as far as his level of concern about this. And he elaborates by saying, I want to respect what other people's concerns are. For me personally, just talking, no one else can get the virus. What is your concern if you could get it? I would say I'm going to go about my daily life. If I get it, I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to let nature do its course. Survival of the fittest kind of approach. And just say if it knocks me out, it knocks me out. I'm going to be okay. You know, even if I die, if I die, I die. I kind of have peace about that. 
He continues to say that for him, wearing a mask, quote, is really about being respectful to other people. It really has nothing to do with my own personal thoughts. So that's what Kirk Cousins said. And that was given to me live this morning on Get Up. That story broke while we were on the air. And we, we tried to come up with coherent responses. I really don't know what to say to a person who's saying, well, if I die, I die. Um, I don't think he meant it quite the way it came out. He is not suggesting he refuses to wear a mask. He's saying if it weren't for the fact that wearing one protects other people, that he himself would not wear one because he's not concerned about getting the coronavirus. My teammate and and, um, colleague and friend Ryan Clark played with Kirk Cousins in Washington. And Ryan um, had these thoughts when I asked him his thoughts on Cousins. For me, um, you know, he can do whatever he wants to do. But I hope that the league continues to take this seriously. I hope that the players continue to take this seriously. This is not a time to judge Kirk Cousins' opinions. But it is time to talk about what the ramifications of this type of thought process could be for himself, could be for his teammates, and could be for this league. Yeah, so I don't think, having read that now over a couple of times and having talked to a few people who know Kirk Cousins well and suggest that his feelings on this may, he may, while not having phrased it perfectly, have meant this to be more about his faith than anything else. And I, I don't know that. I won't try and get inside of his head. What I will say is that when it comes to serious issues, it is not my place to tell you what you should think about the coronavirus. But more to the point, I would say we would all be far better off if people paid no attention to what quarterbacks think about the best way to guard us against the coronavirus or sports talk show hosts like me. There are people who work their whole lives to be expert in this area. This is what they know. They know this stuff the way Kirk Cousins knows how to read a defense. And the biggest, the biggest thing that bothered me the most, this may sound strange having read this, were all of the people who were correctly pointing out that Kirk Cousins saying this might inspire other people to think, well, if he's not worried about it, I'm not going to be worried about it. That's a really bad way to live your life. My personal advice, my unsolicited advice is don't listen to football players. I don't mean that specifically for them. Don't listen to celebrities. Don't listen to talk show hosts like me. Don't listen to us when we talk about really important things and allow that to influence the way you live your life when it comes to matters that could be of life and death. Could be of life and death. It is not an opinion that tens of thousands of people in this country have died from this disease. It is not an opinion that there are people in this country who are at great risk based upon pre-existing conditions, based upon their age, and a variety of other factors. It is not an opinion that wearing masks greatly curbs the spread of the disease. Those are not opinions. If you think those are opinions, that's the problem. Those are not opinions. Those are facts. Now, what you choose to do with those facts is up to you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what you should or shouldn't do. But what I know for sure I'm not going to do is base any of my decisions over matters that could be of life and death on what a football player thinks or what a movie star thinks or what a sports talk show host thinks. That's not a good idea because those people don't have any more idea what they're talking about than you do. We all have access as a general rule to the same information and we all probably should be listening to the same people. 
And the fact that we're not is part of the problem. But again, I, I, I think I understand what Kirk Cousins was trying to say, and I think he said it extremely badly because we live in a world now where if you use the phrase, if I die, I die, that's all anyone is, most people are going to hear. They're going to see that quote. They're not going to read the story. And even if they do read the whole story, they're not going to spend a lot of time trying to attach context to it. I'm trying to do that for you best I can. And it's a little dangerous because I'm mostly guessing. I don't know Kirk Cousins. I made a few phone calls to some people who do know him to try and try and make some sense of this in a way that I could share with you. And again, people's general feeling that I spoke to was that they think that what he was trying to say was something more along the lines of whatever the plan is for me, the plan is for me, and I'm at peace with that. And if that's the way he feels, well, so be it. But all I would say is I would not take my cues on how to handle a pandemic from a person just because they're famous. That does not strike me as a good idea. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Those are just some reasonably disassembled thoughts on what is obviously an incredibly important, sensitive, and divisive subject at this time. Uh, We will change the subject completely as we continue next. A big hour is still coming here. There was a threat made by a baseball manager yesterday, just an out-and-out threat. How should that be handled, I wonder? We'll get to that and a whole lot more in our next hour. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.